Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted Dungeon Master Brian, welcoming you once again to the show. You know, I've said it a hundred times before, and I'll say it probably a hundred times again before this COVID crisis of 2021 finally ends. But please, whatever podcast app you listen to the show on, please leave us that five-star rating and review. I know it's very important with Apple and Google and Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio that the better the reviews are, the better exposure we get to give to you. We start creeping our way up to the top, and that's really what we're trying to do. Get as much exposure for the show. And I know if you hard slingers are really enjoying the show, like we're enjoying putting it out, then please help us reach as many people as we can possibly get. Pause the show right now. Take your, your phone, take your computer, whatever application you listen to the show on, and leave us that five-star rating and review. I love you. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube at Roll the Hard 20. Now, moving on from there, the hard slingers of your and myself are currently preparing for another one of our Delta Green scenarios that I am boning up on, and it is Hourglass by Shane Ivey. Yeah, Shane, looking at you, another one of these beautiful scenarios. I can't wait to delve into this thing and start picking it apart. We're going to make it ours, going to make it yours, make it ours together. Yeah, yeah, loving it. Well, I guess that about sums out that up. So, without any further delay, prepare as Roll the Hard 20 Podcast presents The Dragon's Demand, Episode 6. Quoth the Raven. Hey guys, welcome back. Hey. Hi. What's up? So we're going to give yourself a little bit of a uh, of a recap, but first, greetings fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted Dungeon Master Brian, and with me, the Hard Slingers. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Delve into that fucking witch tower, bitches. So after you guys had flipped some lever deep in the uh, one of the secret passages of this collapsed tower. You guys then left the, the secret cells and made your way north along a corridor. You guys came to a door that, although it was unlocked, it was wedged in the jam. And it took Sirkin with his muscular body to actually push his way through and bust this thing loose in the jam. And as he stood in the doorway of this thing, he saw before him this chaotic looking room that it was no doubt upon looking at all the stuff that was in there what this room was you saw that there was a some kind of a stretching rack you saw a large bronze bull about five feet high it looked like it was one of those torture devices you saw an iron maiden you saw this large wooden table with all these pliers and hammers and other devices and other trinkets of garbage on top of it along with four chairs you saw against the far west wall in an alcove, there was this plaque, this bronze plaque about two and a half feet in diameter that depicted uh, two swords in a rooster on it. No doubt, probably some kind of a family crest. And Sirkin, as you stood there in the, the entry of this room, you heard this soft voice say, ask for you to please have a sit in your chair. In which case you promptly sat down in the chair and took 1d4 points of damage as this big black raven materialized perched atop that crest and he looks at the other three of you standing in the doorway and says well hello please come in a little closer no no. <laughs> <laughs> we closed the door. Nice to nice of known you. Well, no. good luck, Sirkin. Yeah, good luck. Best of luck. Oh, please hold yourself there, fine citizens of our glorious empire. It's been so good to finally see visitors. I assume that uh, you're here for the treasure. 
Treasure? What treasure do you speak of? Yeah, what treasure? <laughs> well, the treasure I'd be most happy to assist you in finding. Provided, of course, that you give me what I require. Uh, and he starts flapping his wings a little. Kind of billowing up clouds of dust that have long since settled on the floor. <coughs> yeah, basically making this this musky smell just permeate the air all about you. Circan, as you sit in this chair, you kind of snap to your senses and realize that through this power of suggestion, you sat down on some kind of a torture chair that had all these these sharp edges on it. And you look at your arms and you notice that you're you're bleeding from all these prickly pinholes all about you. What would you like to do, Sirkin? Um, am I restrained in this chair or just I sat no, down? No, you sat down of your own free will. Okay. Uh, in that case, I want to look at my arms, see all those tiny little blood spots appearing everywhere. Yeah, and you and feel most uncomfortable too as though it had pierced through your back and the back of your thighs as well. Yeah. Your, your calves. <laughs> so yeah, after feeling all that stuff, I just immediately get up um, and I try to turn to the, the raven and ask, what is it that you require? What is it that you need? Well, what I require is exactly what you have given me. Now, if your other three associates would be so kind as to amuse me. I only require that it's been so long since I was able to ply my trade. I simply require that each of you shed a little blood for me and just simply have a seat. What is your trade? Why do you need the blood? It's been so long since I felt the rush of what this tower once stood for, what this room once stood for. Is this like a sexual rush or? It can be. <laughs> you doing anything later this evening? Yeah, I've got um, you, you spoke of treasure. What, what treasure um, are you um, protecting or uh, know of? Well, the, the treasure of Castle Tula, of course. Hmm, you might... Uh, could you be a little more specific? Is it gold? Is it weapons? Is it armor? Is it things of value? <laughs> now, I, I don't want to give away too much of the game. This is a quid pro quo, Stabby. Could, well, how I've do you know my name? Bad. How do you know my name? <laughs> I hear all kinds of things that travel through the stones of this of this witch tower. Hmm. So, can I can I try to um, intimidate this um, this creature to give some additional information? Maybe. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. So I'm gonna roll intimidation, and I rolled a 19. Okay. Roll it again and give it with disadvantage. Six. Six. It doesn't seem to have any effect on him. Okay. All right. Uh, wh where do you, um, where do you expect us to sit in this room of massage chairs and well, there's, acupuncture devices? There's one of the other three chairs. Please have a seat, each of you. It would uh, no make thanks. me I'll, so happy. No thanks, I'll, I'll stand. I could tell you about the secret door that'll assist in your progress further. The good Baron Server, Sarvo wills it, of course. Baron Sarvo? We've heard that name before. Yeah, he's the guy that they uh, stole the, the pigs from, I think. The owner, the, the pig owner. Did you happen to know of a, a gentleman down the hall in a cell that knew of Baron Sarvo? Of course. William and his uh, two cousins. 
No, not not William. There was a there was a gentleman uh, by himself in a cell down the the hall, and he kept mentioning Baron Sarvo yes, over and, and over. He and his two cousins stole a boar because they were. And he flaps his wings, quoting Hungary. (laughs) 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 With air quotes with these feathers. Hungary. Okay. Um, uh, Serkin is still in this chair? No, he rose up. Oh, he rose up. Okay. And is he now close to us or? Serkin, where are you? I just got up. I just, I didn't walk anywhere. I just got up. You just got up. Okay. Um, all right. I'm, I motioned to Sirkin to come back towards the group. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll oblige walk towards him. Griswold, you see this Raven trying to ask each of you to have a seat in the chairs. You see the iron maiden, the bronze, large bronze bull, the stretching rack, all these things upon the table and whatnot. What are you thinking? Definitely, I don't want to sit down in anything, any of these objects. Um, I'm trying to think of, I mean, how, I mean, it's, it's just a regular sized raven, right? Well, it looks like it's been well fed. It, it's, it seems big, like almost two feet. Okay. Probably a wingspan uh, of, of close to four. Okay. I'm still of, of the mind that I think we can take it, if anything, if it comes to that. Um, it looks at you cockeyed, and little eyes, you know, looking around. Boop, boop. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not keen to listen to it. I'm going to see what Flint, Stabby, and Sirkin are doing, but there's there's no way I'm listening to this raven. Flint, you see that Griswold is apprehensive. Stabby has flat out said that he refuses to sit in the chair. And of course, you notice that Sirkin has already sat in the chair. (laughs) Uh, I like to ask the Raven, uh, why do you appear to us in this form as a Raven? Uh, Why can't you show us your true form? What fun would that be? Well, I don't think you were nested by highly scholared ravens that educated you and showed you the way to speak in common. But isn't common common? (laughs) Not for a raven, though. Unless you're the rapper common. Well, if you would like my assistance, I'd be more than happy to give it to you. I'll even give you a hint. There is a secret passageway that is locked. Somewhere on that table is a key. Have I earned your trust now? <laughs> Still don't trust the the bird just giving the examples. I mean, it's not normal for a raven to be this intelligent, but um, can I roll an what would it be insight to see if he's actually telling the truth that the truth about the key in the secret passage? Let's see. Oh, I was on a 20 and then it rolled on a 14. Uh, that's 19. 19. It's hard to tell because he, he lacks facial expressions. He seems to genuinely be pointing at the table, but he, he's doing so in a flippant manner that would indicate that something of importance may be on there or may not be on there. I'll walk closer to the table, not sitting on any of the uh, nice furniture that he has laid out for us, but I want to get a closer look at the table and see if he's telling the truth. Okay. As you gather, you know, gaze at the table, take in all, all all the stuff that's on there, 
It takes you about 10 feet into the room. And you look down on the table, you see pliers, hammers, pokers. You see vials, some of them empty, some of them half full uh, with murky liquids, with clear liquids. Uh, all of them appear to have some kind of a cork in them. You see that uh, there's different types of, they look like uh, like metallic shivs of some type, but nothing that would strike you as as being what maybe he's indicating. Okay. And then quick perception around the room, because he's saying there's a secret passage through there. Uh, I want to see if there's anything else that I could make up on my own to... Okay. Just in case we need to scurry on out of here. So perception, that is 15. 15? No, you, you don't see anything that he's talking about. Okay, so it's just looks all like a torture room. Yeah, I mean, the, the walls in this place, they're like uh, almost like cinder blockish. They're large blocks that have comprise the walls of this room and it just it gives that oppressing deadening sound to it like none of your voices echo in this room it's his red room huh with white curtains <laughs> push puts the lotion on i don't trust this bird no <clears throat> oh please have like have a seat, of course. If you have a seat, I'll enlighten you with a story. If any of you fancy the story of, perhaps a story about the witch tower itself, how, how would that sound? No. I'll tell you what. No, I, I think we're good to figure Two it out. Two of you have a seat, and I'll tell you the story. How about you have a seat and tell us the story? I'm having a seat right on top of this beautiful family crest. All right, you can have a seat in one of these spike chairs and then we can listen to your story. Oh, no, no. That's that's not how the game is played. All right. Please well, indulge no. me. It has been so long. Just a, just a question real quick. No, why you can't you... sit in there again. <laughs> uh, why are you in a torture room? Why is this the room that you appear in? Why, why is this where... You've appeared. Well, you saw how stuck the door was, right? Very difficult to get that door open. Hmm. Do I look like, like I have the hands to open the store? So you got stuck in here somehow? Possibly, yes. It seems to be that way. Imagine being stuck in your favorite toy room with nobody else to play with your toys with. Hmm. So why did you come into this room in the first place? This is originally where I was stationed at so long ago. Why were you stationed in a torture room? Oh, I quite the voyeur. Hmm. I'm an audiophile. <laughs> oh, it sounds like to me we freed this bird from where it was trapped. Now it wants us to sit in some torture chairs so it can tell us a story. It's just. All I'm asking for is for, for two of you to have a seat. I could try to coerce you like I did your friend. Would that be less uncouth? I'll indulge in. I'll, I'll take a seat. Thank you. As you sit down, you feel the same prickly sensation that Sirkin felt as you take four points of piercing damage and you see the raven like fluff up its his feathers like ah, oh, oh the feeling the euphoria couldn't you scream just a little for me please pretend mm -hmm. to scream ah, ah. <laughs> one more please one more of you please just indulge me be more than happy to tell you all kinds of wonderful things, stories that would make your your mind ablaze with wonder, stories about the dragon, the Teperax. You said two. We had two sit down already. 
No, no, no. Two more besides your young friend over there. Mm. With the weak mind. Yeah, You're not... Know. You haven't given us anything. Yeah, we've given you two things. Actually, three, if you count freeing you from the cell. Well, I never said I was stuck. I merely said I didn't want to bother with the door because it was jammed. You also said you were too weak to open the door. Well, are we go to split feathers now? I can split some feathers. Oh, dear, please, don't get violent before I've had a chance to tell my tell. Don't get violent. You've had two of us since... <laughs> Willingly. <laughs> Willingly. <laughs> I merely suggested it to one of your friends, and I'm sorry if it if it turned out most unfortunate for him, but I never meant any harm. Well, Stebby, you are free to sit in a chair if you wish. Um, otherwise, I'm willing to go, and I'm sorry to put uh, Sir Kent and Flint's efforts to waste. Well, please, don't don't leave just yet. I mean. You came so far, and there's really no other place for you to go. Well, where's this key you promised? Oh, I said it was somewhere on the table. It's been a long time since I've had a companion. Who knows where the last companion left it? I mean, you could ask him, but I don't think his bones would talk. <laughs> Do we see the bones? No, but you see him kind of gesture towards the uh, the Iron Maiden. Oh, okay. Why was your companion in the Iron Maiden? He lost the bet. And what bet was that? Who could get in the Iron Maiden? <laughs> Stay there the longest. <laughs> well, if only he had the key. Or should I say, if only I had the key to get him out. Is the key, this key you speak of, is it the one that's on the table? No, for the Iron Maiden? No, of course not. He took it in the Iron Maiden with him. He locked himself in, huh? Can, uh, can I try to persuade, try a persuasion uh, check to see if, if I can persuade him to be a little more forthcoming with information and less about... Uh, you know, just talking in circles. Yeah, but do it with disadvantage. <clears throat> hmm. Hmm. Seven. He sees... Describe how you want to do it. Give me that first. Okay. Um, I, I, I want to say, look, we're... We have complied with your requests. Okay. Um, you know, we are, are interested in what happened here in the witch tower and you're, you're not really gaining any trust with us by, um, asking us to continue to sit down and really not giving us anything in return. You just want us to keep sitting down and you, you try to, you're telling us you want to regale us with, with uh, this story, but I, telling us a story, what is that going to do for us? Perhaps if you knew of the past, it might help you with the future. Would you rather I just tell you part of the story, perhaps to sink it in a little, maybe? Maybe, even theaters have trailers. <laughs> well, please have a seat and let me tell you the story. You know, this uh, way back years ago, this region saw an explosion of violent and bloody attacks by no fewer than three dozen dragons. But among those affected by the attacks was a young woman named Tula Belheim. Oh, she lost her family when the black dragon, a Teparax, destroyed her home on the southern edge of the Venduran forest. Uh, but don't feel sorry for that little trap. No, no, she uh, went on to become quite the hero. It was she and her mercenary group that she founded called the Slayers of Nazilili. Nazili? <laughs> it's been so long since I said that word, Nazili. Back in the day, anyhow, they defeated more dragons than any other group. And uh, 
she galvanized her final triumph by killing the black dragon at Teparax. Eventually, she settled here in this fen and raised this beautiful castle named Castle Tula. And it wasn't long afterwards that one of her followers asked for her hand in marriage and she agreed to it. But she became very uh, blinded by everything that was going around and started talking very dark thoughts, very, very vile thoughts, talking about death day and night and day and night. And it wasn't until her three children died that she herself thought it best to leave her husband, the fellow slayer named Arturk Kantaklur. And so she threw herself from the balcony, killing herself in the process. Her lover, her husband, Arturk, was so beset with sorrow that he raced out from the castle to go get help, only to have his horse throw him and his neck broken, thus ending the line completely. But the castle was named forever Castle Tula, until it became later known as the Witch Tower. Now I have more to regale you with, but that's certainly more than I ever planned to give you without you giving me something in return. You only gave me a partial. <laughs> partial. <laughs> what would you like to do? Griswold, I, I'm, I'm a little squishy. I don't know that I'm the guy to be sitting in this chair. <laughs> Griswold, is that you, old friend? Hmm. You look stout enough for a dwarf. Please have a seat. Take a load off. Hmm. How about we meet halfway? I can prick my finger on one of your chairs, uh, and you can tell us the rest of the story. I like the way that you bargain, of course. Go and take that one point of damage, Griswold. Okay. What do you see? The uh, the morbid Baroness Tula. She buried herself in her grand tomb with her family, but the fickle bitch had always denied her husband to lay to rest with her herself. Unfortunately, all the bodies were quickly taken to the crypt and buried along with Tula's wishes, and the site was forever sealed. And over time, the rule of Belhame fell to distant relations of Arturk, the other Canticleurs in the region. And it was Baron Savo Canticleur, a vicious lord who imprisoned subjects for the slightest infraction, joined an ill-advised rebellion against the Grand Prince. You can still hear the war dogs fighting it out like crazy. How I wish those war dogs were dead at some point. Daisy's almost 15. <laughs> they joined this ill-advised rebellion against the Grand Prince, and it failed, and as a result, the Baron Savo Canticleur and his family and his castle were destroyed. Upheaval was not limited to the town of Belhaim that year, though. A month prior to the raising of Castle Tula, afterwards referred to superstitiously, as the witch tower from beyond that point, the monks of the monastery of St. Carixus vanished mysteriously and their home fell to ruin. And one could only say why, eh? The monks themselves, they were a very, very shady character indeed. It didn't take long before the floods came after the earthquakes and basically washed out the quarry and the limestone that the town relied so heavily upon for revenue was forever lost, and thus Belhain sunk down into a poverty state. Now, back in Belhain, a young man named Sir Arkold Devi helped put down this seditious Canticleurs, 
and was awarded the barony of Belheim, and it was his descendants who have ruled for the past two centuries. So, if anything, Belheim seems destined to be nothing more than a sleepy backwater of a dying Talden Empire, which is basically fine by me. As long as I get the occasional adventurers such as yourselves who want to play games. Because I love games. So, so the family crest you sit upon, who does that belong to? That belongs to the Canticleurs. Seems to be the only family crest we've seen across since we've entered the Witch Tower. Well, it is prominently displayed by all those who were opposed to the Canticleurs and those individuals who stood up against them faced this final room that you see before you now. They got to ride within the belly of the bull as coals roasted beneath it and burned them from the inside. You got to see them stretched out upon the racks, claiming with their dying breath how sorry they were and how much they loved the Canticleurs, the very beings that led to their torture and their demise. You got to hear them scream forever forgiveness from within the hollows of the Iron Maiden as their flesh and bone were pierced with sharp shards of metal. Well, tell me, Raven, if you decided to stay for so long, who do you pledge your allegiance to? What can I say? I stand upon those I serve. Well, it seems like you don't serve anyone else but yourself at this point. You see his, his wings stretch out and then dip down to point towards the crest. Again, I say I serve those I stand upon. Hmm. What does the crest look like again? So it's two swords with two uh, roosters on them, right? It's I think it's a single rooster. A single rooster? Uh, yeah. Two. Is it two? I don't know. It depicts <laughs> a crowning, a crowing rooster above crossed spears. Sorry. I put swords. I was way off. Yeah. There you go. Give me your fucking gold doubloon bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already negative one. <laughs> Spears and uh, one rooster. And what would you have me do? Betray my masters? How many times have you betrayed those you swore allegiance to? You, half-elf. The one they call Sirkin. Have you betrayed those that you are affiliated with? Um, technically, yes. Maybe like earlier today, but no. Do you feel bad for that? What's that? Do you feel bad for your betrayal? No. And you, Hill Dwarf. Do you betray those you come from? Those you swear allegiance to? Mm, I have once. I do feel remorse for, for that transgression though. Would you like to sit down and tell me about it? No, I do not intend to sit down here. You halfling, have you betrayed those that put their trust in you? <clears throat> no, I have no. not. A man of integrity, a half man of integrity. And what about you, Flint? Have you betrayed those that you have elicited your trust to? I look down at my my robes. Um, no. No. So you would see that. There is a wide spectrum of those who remain 
with integrity and those who flippantly disregard loyalty. I am not one of those who disregards loyalty. And it was in this room that we deciphered and separated those who had pledged their allegiance to the Canticlers and then suddenly left for the Devies. Do not understand the conflict. If you pledge your allegiance to one family through all life, and then suddenly when, when power changes hands, you just suddenly change to a different table. You don't do that. Where's the fidelity? Right here in this room. What, was, what did that plaque say when, when we entered? There was uh, something that was said on it. It said, confession cleanses the soul, pain clarifies the mind. Looks like someone's going to confession. I mean, some of us did confess a little bit. Yeah. I have nothing to confess. <laughs> That's what they all say until they get into the belly of the bull. And then after that, they can't stop confessing. They'll confess to sins they never even committed. They I'm will at say, peace with the decisions I've made. Well, that is a good man. Anyway, that is the story that I have for you. And that is all I have for you. I'm sorry we could not do more business. Do you ever want to get out of here? It has not crossed my mind to leave here when there's always such promise of individuals such as yourselves coming to find me. See, eventually somebody else will come to the witch tower. And although just recently it seems to have taken on some form of damage, felt it through my claws, through my bones. So I know part of the tower has been compromised and eventually that will lead to more people coming to me in this room and asking to hear the same story for the same price of admission. What are the last people you ever see? I'm sorry, could you please repeat that? What if we're the last group of people that you ever see once we leave this room? I imagine there will be more after you. Why would you think that you would be the last I would see? Why would you assume that there would be more groups following? The Witch Tower Castle Tula has stood for more than two centuries. People have been wanting to come in here since back in the time when Tula Belheim lived here and she turned them all away. It is the lure of the unknown that brings people to Belheim. When they hear that the tower has collapsed, people will flock to this town in droves. It will actually cause it to be a booming town. Maybe other adventurers, other level two adventurers might show up at some point. What if, what if, uh, what if when we leave here, we tell the town of Belheim that uh, this tower should be destroyed, that there is a great evil here and that the entire town is, uh, at risk if they don't demolish and destroy the tower, then you know, where will you be? Well, you know, the sorcerer Hunkle had been trying for years to have this tower torn down. And every time he asked the Baroness, she always denied him. Do you know why? I have an idea why, although it is only speculation I'd be interested to hear your speculation. You would have to persuade me to tell you my speculation. Persuasion roll, shall we? Shall we? <laughs> Disadvantage? Absolutely. A seven. Seven. 
I'm afraid that is not a lucky seven today. I shall keep my theories to myself. They dubbed it a historical landmark. No (laughs) one can touch it. (laughs) Well, it looks like your job here is done then, boys. I looked at at Griswold and I say, Griswold, this raven is hiding something. And I'm, I'm tired of this raven's games. I, I do not hesitate to agree with you. Something, there are many things that lead me to believe he's a, potentially a druid himself. Um, But perhaps mm, we're best speaking with uh, another druid. I saw what looked to be uh, the semblance of an island for another druid nearby on our way into the town. Um, We can maybe ask him. I I think that is a good idea. Perhaps we should investigate the rest of the tower and see what we can uh, gather of uh, information about its demise. We may always (laughs) re-enter. Well, the good Baron Sarva wills it, of course. Whatever you wish to do, but I guarantee you that the only forward progress through the tower is through here. What was that? <laughs> Shoot this bird. I can't you in the right direction. <laughs> was there another door in this room? Not that I was able to find. There's supposed to be a key, right? Supposed to be a key that he promised once we sat down. <laughs> I sat down. He didn't give me a key, so it's not very I, true. I to guarantee words. you that. No matter where you go, when you want to come back to the tower, you will find your way back to this room. Uh, you, you mentioned that the only way out of the tower is through this room, yet I see no other doors than the one we came through. How is that possible? Well, I could tell you about the secret door. I mean, you did basically do everything I asked. And I would like to tell you that the secret door is in the northern wall there. But it is locked, I should tell you. Is it locked by a key? Possibly, yes. (laughs) Do things get locked other ways? Yeah, perhaps there's a magic spell that locks the door. Oh, that would be a good one. I should do that. Abacadabra. Focus, focus. Now it's locked magically as well. <laughs> Damn it, you just made it more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but as I said, you know, the, the key is on the table somewhere. I guess, I mean, is it going to prevent us from, uh, there's, there's a table in the room, right? Is that correct? There's a table in the room. It's more towards the south, which uh, is where all the chairs were at. And then you have... Try and prevent us from investigating it in any way? Repeat that, please. Oh, does it look like uh, the raven would try to interfere with us investigating it in any way? No, he hasn't made any uh, overt maneuvers towards you. He has remained on the crest the whole time. He's basically just watched each of you in turn as you guys have spoke, you know, as you made your way to one, you know, towards the table, he's, he's looked that way as each of you gone to the chair, he's looked at that as well, but he's not jumped down or or flown off the crest yet. Okay. Um, In that case, I will go towards the table um, and try to see if I can find a key. Uh, at first, I'll just look for, you know, obviously sitting on the table or something. Uh, and then after that, I'll try and see if there's any sort of hidden compartments or something where they uh, he, they could have uh, hidden a key or something like that. Okay. Go ahead and make a, a perception check of the table first. So that is 18. 18. You're looking on the table. You see the same thing, basically, that, that Flint had seen previously where 
you know, just pliers, hammers, uh, test tube looking vials, half full, some of them full, murky, clear liquids. You see metallic looking shivs of all different shapes and sizes. Uh, something that looks like a metallic barbed fleshlight. Uh, just all kinds of other shit all around. This but... is the key. Uh... <laughs> this is the one that doesn't belong. <laughs> <laughs> One of these things doesn't belong here. You must choose wisely. <laughs> but nothing strikes you as looking like a key. You used a dagger in this tower as a key or something. Yeah. Right? Who got those, by the way? Those two I daggers. Had, I had one and I used Griswold it. had yeah. So you each have one of the daggers, right? I think Griswold has both daggers. He both used daggers. one to open up a hidden compartment or a hidden door, I believe. Okay. Hmm. Is there anything on the crest, maybe? I don't know how close it's going to let us get to the crest, but you can check. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of at the table right now. I don't know if I, I'm, I'm not bound to the chair. Am I? No, not at all. No. Okay. Have you been sitting there this whole time? Uh, <laughs> patiently, just. <laughs> I could have been rolling D4s all day. <laughs> I'm out of the chair. Um, I'll walk closer to the Raven and see, examine the, uh, the crest and see if there's anything potentially behind it or maybe on it that looks like it might accept a a sword or a spear of some kind. Okay. So as you go up to it, it's about two, two and a half feet in diameter. You see it's got two crossed spears with a crowing rooster at the apex of them. And then he is on top of the, of the rooster itself. So right. tell me what you would like to do. Just investigate. That's a straight roll, so 13. 13? It just looks like a, a large bronze plaque, placard. Um, you don't really see anything be, behind it, but it's still on the wall itself. It's not bolted to the wall. It looks like it's just hanging on it. Just hung up there? Okay. But it looks like it might be worth something. I mean, bronze? Yeah, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Melt that thing down. That's right. Make a cock ring out of it. Because of the rooster crowing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that and your flashlight. <laughs> got it made, man. You have to party dive in here. or something in here. <laughs> German sex dungeon. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Line up against the wall. Um, shoot, this is the only place in the room. I mean, we've done all you asked. Where? Well, I told Can you I check they... the uh, Iron Maiden? Can I go sure. over to the Iron Maiden and see if it's if I could open it? Yeah, it's just got like a uh, like a latch that looks like it's it's peened over. Okay. Uh, try to open it. Yeah, make a, a Dex check for that. Okay. That is a twelve. 12. You could see that it's starting to wobble, but you're just, you don't have the dexterity to, to make that thing maneuver off the latch itself. Damn it. Maybe because you've got these gnarled dwarven knuckles that have My like damn sausage fingers. Yeah. It's just like, they're not <laughs> multi jointed. They're just like, <laughs> like chopsticks, big fat chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine handle here. Griswold, what are you going to do? Hmm. I mean, to be honest, after the table, I'm a bit lost. I'm still trying to think of what I'm going to do next. I mean, we checked the rest of the room, but I mean... Visibly, just looking around, we don't see anything. But it's possible that the uh, the captain of the guard has what you're looking for. 
Captain of the Guard. Who, where did we run into him? Oh, you haven't yet. He's uh, he's in the Iron Maiden. He's the one who lost the bet with me. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to try again to open up the the Iron Maiden. Oh, uh, you said Dex, right? Yeah. That is a 13. So 13? Yeah, you still can. I, I, I'll give it a shot. I'm, I'm a little dexterous. Okay. Very not dexterous. <laughs> 24. 24. You get in there with your little infant digits and <laughs> needle this, this latch and it pops free and you see the front of the Iron Maiden swing out. And I need for you to make a deck save as this, as a cascade of bones just start coming down on you at this point. That'd be both of us or? Um, are you, are you in front of it as well? I was next to it. I mean, okay, I was trying to open make it. The deck save. Yeah. Dude, I think we're about to get boned. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh my God. God, somebody uh, write material for this guy, would they? <laughs> Thirteen for Flint. I rolled an eight. An eight. We you each take a point of damage as these bones just smash into you, and you see he obviously must have been naked in this thing because that's all it is, is just bones, and you see a ring of keys like in the gnarled skeletal hand of this this individual that was in there. I'll grab the keys. Make a deck save, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see that you found something most important. Oh, who was that? <laughs> it was it was finding the keys. That was the winning. <laughs> <Ta -da>! <laughs> <laughs> you found them. <laughs> you did it. Way to go. <laughs> what do you do now, Link? <laughs> Um, so I have the keys. Um, can I, um, uh, I think we looked, did we, uh, on the north wall, um, the Raven mentioned that there was a secret door. Yes. Um, can I see the keyhole on that northern wall? No, you don't see a keyhole at all. Do I stab it in any hole we see? It's, it's right there. Can't you see it? It's there right there. <laughs> Um, see what? I, I well, the secret door. It's right there. Okay. Can I do a perception check to see if I can tell uh, the outline of a door? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm not very perceptive, so we'll see here. <laughs> Three. You just looks like a wall to me. <laughs> you guys, you're looking at the ceiling. I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of you that's a little more perceptive than than me can uh, determine if there is truly a secret door here. I can take a look. I don't know how much better I am than you, but I'll give it a shot too. Okay, Clint, you too. Yeah, since we're all just looking at the door. Okay, oh, I rolled man, really well. Uh, Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Oh, damn. You see that there is a, a vague outline of of a door but it, it looks as though it's like, if you're looking at the Northern wall, it's actually against the Eastern wall, right? Where the, where the North wall and the East wall meet. It's right in that corner, but against the Eastern wall, which is the same side that of the door that you originally came through to get into this room. Um, everybody make a perception check also. I already said I wasn't very perceptive. I included in <laughs> everybody. Uh, 14. 14. Flint? Nine. Nine. Griswold? This one didn't go so well. Uh, eight. Eight. Stubby? 15. 15. So, Griswold, as you point out to the rest of your group, I think I found it. I think this is it. Stubby, you look at that, and then you look back, kind of almost have that smug attitude, and you notice the raven is not on the crest any longer. Where is he? You don't even see him. It's fucking Batman. 
fucking illusion. So as soon as you look at the light. As soon as you look at the light, it's gone. <laughs> He's gone. I'm gonna choke fucking out Gordon. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll take blood from each of you in turn. You just hear this echo in the room. Dude, I knew I should have grabbed that fucking raven by the throat. I don't trust this bird. Got a nice little hen for dinner. Yeah. It's like a Cornish game hen. Should have beat it to death with his flashlight. <laughs> Stuck his head and his beak into it. Yes, of course. The Can we? You just keep laughing. Can we tell where? Is it just echoing within the room? We can't tell. No, there's the no echo. It's a sound deadening type of a room, but it seems to be somewhere in the room. And how's the lighting in this room? It's low lit. Uh, one of they're creepily. It's mood lighting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the sake of of what we're doing, I'm not going to sit there and say, "Well, you need a torch for here and there," unless it's absolutely imperative. Like <laughs> when you were in that first room, where you guys dropped down, where it was pitch black. The rest of this place seems to be somewhat low lit. Okay. Hmm. All right. Um, and and you said there's no keyhole in that that door on the eastern side of the or the it's on the east wall on the northern side of the room. Right. But you but can clearly see the door. You, you, now that he's pointed it out to all of you, you could definitely see what he was talking about. Oh yeah, now I see what he's talking about. Can I try to push on the door? Sure. So, uh, dex or strength check? Uh, strength. Did you roll a brick? <laughs> uh, rolled an 11. 11. The door yep. swings wide open. Beep. Okay. Heard. Just <laughs> smooth on its hinges. <laughs> Caca! Uh -huh. You um, see before you what appears to be a you're entering at the end of a hallway. It looks like it goes 10 feet, like the hallway is 10 feet wide, but it goes to the north, probably about 30 feet, and then turns to the west. So you're entering at the southernmost portion of this hallway, like in the, you're going through your eastern side, but it's the western side of the, of the corridor. Does that make sense? Like if you were to open up onto a hallway, but you're at yeah. the end of the hallway and you could see it goes to the north. Yeah. yeah. How, how long is the hall? It looks like it, well, it's 10 feet wide, but it looks like it's about 35 feet going north and then it, it goes around a corner to the west. Okay. Can I, um, uh, and is, is it, is it well lit or still dimly lit? It's like still dimly lit. Okay. Um, I'd like to, um, uh, go down the hall, but do it stealthily. Okay, go make a stealth check. I rolled a 10. 10. You think you're pretty stealthy. <laughs> and I have a plus seven stealth. <laughs> you think you're pretty stealthy. So as you make it to the end of the corridor, go your 30 feet and you look to the west, you see that the corridor, still 10 feet wide, goes down about 60 feet to the west before it turns to the south. What are you doing, Griswold? I'm just following, and I'm on the lookout. I'm going to be on the lookout for traps, actually, just because of that creepy thing the raven said. Okay. Yeah. I thought was the raven. Sirkin, what are you doing? Uh, just following close behind Griswold. Okay. And Flint? Flint's trying to mentally map out and see if we're still directly underneath this tower or if we're branching out to like further. Okay. Give me an intelligence check on that. Okay. What is it? Hold on. No, I haven't rolled Oh, I thought it. you said something. Of course, when it matters, uh, I rolled a nine. Nine. 
You know, you've gone through so many north, south, east, west, west, east, north, west, east, that honestly, even though you are a dwarf, you're still kind of turned around at this point. You imagine you're, you're probably still under it, but you're probably starting to diverge away from it, but you're not sure whereabouts directly underneath it you are. I think I have an idea, but I'll save that for later. All right, um, I'll just follow along and, you know, carefully make my way with everyone else through the so corridor. So as you're bringing up the rear, you see Stubby goes 30 feet, turn to the west. You see Griswold following him 30 feet, turn to the west. You see Serkin 30 feet, turn to the west. You start moving up. 30 feet and you hear behind you that secret door that you came through close behind you hold me <laughs> and that is where we'll stop this session all right fucking raven this fucking guy is fucking bozo <laughs>